We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell uh, coming to you with a piece of broccoli in the back of my t- <laughs> in the back of my mouth, which I just realized. So if you hear me picking it out during the podcast, just you know, uh, that's one silver lining to uh, mask mandates coming back. Is it like, oh, who cares if I have chia seeds or poppy seeds in my teeth? It's all good. <laughs> seriously, seriously, just got one of those little one of those little ten like the little tops, the little dots of broccoli. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, a florette. A little a florette, yes, yeah. maybe, but I don't even think it's, I think it's even smaller than that, a microcosm of broccoli. Right. A nano florette. Oh. Yes, a nano florette. There you go. There you go. Oh my goodness. So Dim, uh, based on the calendar, it looks like you are about a month out from your big race. I am. I am one. I'm actually racing again. You didn't, you didn't know this. This is going to oh. be breaking news. <gasps> I'm racing on Saturday. Yes. This just in. Right? It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Exciting. Yes, what is I it? am doing an aqua bike. Wow, imagine that. Um, an aqua bike in Boulder. It's called the Boulder Sunset okay. Triathlon Series. They have one. Grant was like, does that mean it starts in the evening? And I was like, no, it means it's the end of the season. Mm. They have a sunrise in June and then the sunset in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm doing it's an Olympic distance one. So that means it's a 1500 meter swim and a um, 20, I think it's 26.4 mile bike. So um, I know that because I've been formulating my race strategy to send to my coaches <laughs> because that's what I do now is I make race strategies. So wow, um, look at that! Yeah, look yeah. at that. That's good. So um, and I don't know reservoir. It's uh, a reservoir. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I'll just come out and say I. So I did this past weekend. I had a pretty um, training intense weekend because obviously we're in the bulk of, you know, the weekends are big training weekends mm-hmm. to get ready um, for the longer race because my race will be a little bit longer in New York. It's a 56 mile bike. What's well, a one and a one? what the swim is 1.2 mile swim and then a 56 mile bike you know what you know Timothy it is what it is it is what it is whatever it turns out to be it'll be what it is but um but anyway so I did a um I did a 50 minute swim five zero minute swim in Mm -hmm. um open water on Saturday morning and um part of it was uh like six by two minute pieces, like hard, like go hard, you know, for two minutes kind of I'm like, oh is this kind of are we like, you know, replicating the start like I'm gonna go hard at the start and then settle in kind of like a rowing race right? I was just about to say yeah uh-huh yeah um and so then uh and I did well on my fast pieces that's the good news like she was like oh this is you know you looking looking good um and so then I was like so I'm just curious like when do I use these in a race like thinking like again like I'm kind of thinking of them as like power 20s if if mm-hmm. you're a rower or just like little fast pickups, you know, mm-hmm. if you're maybe going downhill in a marathon or something like that, you know, just something like a little burst. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Jen was like, uh, Coach Jen was like, no, that's, I mean, that's about 90%. Like, that's how you're going to race on Saturday in the swim. I was like, oh, my God. I literally got a little sick to my stomach. Like, I was just like, are you kidding me? So, um, so I'm kind of just wrapping my head around that, that idea of trying to, I mean, 
I can't, I, I was, I needed a break after those two minute pieces, you know, like mm-hmm. I was, I was, I knew that I was going to have a rest after that was like two minutes on two minutes off, you know, yes. repeat uh-huh. uh, the idea of doing that for um, 12 minutes straight. Like, I mean, maybe I'm sure I can do it. I just got to wrap my head around the idea of, of mm. wanting to do it um, mm. or mm-hmm. being ready, being ready to do it. Right. Yeah. Getting that mental game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I am right now is feeling a little sick to my stomach. Cause I, I had written in the, uh, and this is before I got that comment back on training peaks. And so uh, I'd written in my um, notes, which I wrote while I was, while Ben was at water polo. So I had a couple hours to kill and um, I was like, okay, so start moderate then pick it up with a like a 20 oh. like I did and then come home hard. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't think there's any room for moderate. It's come home hard the whole way. <laughs> Leave hard, come home hard. Oh my goodness. And so do you set your GPS watch to beep? Um, cause you can't look at your wrist. No, no. So I've, I've, I've kind of struck out a little bit on the open water swimming. This is the first time I've actually gotten my Garmin to record it, which was good. Oh. So one trick that I did learn or one skill I learned during this training cycle is actually how to get a workout onto my Garmin, which I know a lot of our listeners know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's something that you don't know how to do because yes, you and I are correct. like, we don't know how. <laughs> um, but I finally learned how, uh, because right. I had one, open water swim that was like a, like four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute. I'm like, oh. that's a lot of looking at my watch. Um, yeah. But they don't have an open water for my specific Garmin model. They don't have, like, you can't program an open water swim. So oh. I programmed it as a cardio workout because you can mm-hmm. program that and that you can put in the timing. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't record any of my, like, how fast I went or how far I went or anything yes. like that. Yeah. Mm. So Coach Liz was like, yeah, we'll trust that you did it. I was like, I did it. <laughs> so then the second time that I went to the open water, I'm like, okay, I won't program as a cardio workout. I'll just figure out and I'll just do it in the water. And for some reason, like the GPS just, the battery was low. So the GPS mm. didn't register. So mm. again, like I was out there for like 45 minutes and it came back and it said zero, zero yards swam. And I'm like, come on, I was out there, you know, <laughs> no calories burned, no nothing. So this time um, I made sure the GPS worked. I just did an open water swim, but I was very tact, I, I t- not tactful, um, what's the word? Tactical? I was, tactical. Yeah, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was in the water and um or in the pool and i was like okay so how many strokes does it take me to get from one end to the other and Uh that's you know 25 and so then i was like okay and then i swim a 100 in x amount and so then it was about 50 strokes for mm-hmm. me is about mm-hmm. um two minutes so oh. i just counted my strokes and you like some good math and counting <laughs> this is right up your alley you're like yes i was yes and then and then once i got in the water to do the two minute pieces i was like oh 50 strokes okay five ten fifteen you know and then like yeah. I'm halfway there i'm you know whatever i'm 80 percent of the way there so yeah it was it was a really it was really nice for my little uh nerdy brain yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. This morning I went to strength class and had all these, you know, circuits set up. And one of them was you had to jump rope a hundred times. So I counted to 20, then I counted to 30, then I counted to 20. You know, it's just like yeah. all these games. I mean, it's still the same amount of work, but yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm like, oh, instead of going to 30, I'll count to 15 twice. Yeah, exactly. It makes a difference though, doesn't it? it like instead of being like 75, 76, 77. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's not like I'm speaking it out loud. So it's not like I'm asking, you know, I'm putting out more oxygen or something. There's nothing. It's not harder to say in your head 13 versus, you know, two, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely breaking it up, man. One of my best tips ever, especially if you're like lifting heavy. I remember this very clearly from um, like when I was seriously rowing is four, three, two, one. Like, Mm. you know, like when we were doing really like squats with a lot of weight, like get through four, get through three, get through two, get through one. And then it's Mm. ten, you know, Mm -hmm. and so like I I really I employ that little a lot, Mm. that little uh yeah, I love it because it's it's easy, right? It adds up so easily, and it is you have a lot of energy at four, and not so much at one. So, but then you also need to, if someone's counting for you, you need to know whether they're counting down or counting up from that point. Yeah, um, you know, like if you're with a trainer and they say four, and you're like, no, I've done six. It's like, huh? I'm, done, <laughs> I'm counting down now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. My. Well, that sounds very exciting, and good luck to you this weekend. Well, thanks. Then. Thanks. Yeah, I'll need all the fast vibes I can get on. On Saturday morning, so send them my way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, please post pictures or have some, you know, make friends and have them take pictures of you, that sort of thing. So, to share on social. I will do that. Yep. All right. Well, um, Megan, we'll have our first caller. We'll have a friend at a race because she's looking for advice for her husband who's training for a half marathon, quote unquote, with her. Hi, I'm Megan from Orange County, California. My question pertains to half marathon training. I um. My husband and I used to run half marathons together all the time, and uh, he stopped running. Uh, he's training for one with me right now. Unfortunately, he's not really one of those people who sticks to a training schedule, and it's hard to get him to go out and run. So I need to know what's the bare minimum of runs per week, uh, especially the long run, the longest run, uh, and what's the shortest run to get him out there doing because he's not sticking to the plan and it's just easier to have him go out and run two or three days a week. Um, so I was looking for some suggestions. I'm already at nine miles from my long run. We're 90 days out from the half marathon and he can't even run four miles yet. And I'm getting concerned. And I was hoping maybe just by saying you need to run this, this X amount of times per week for this far that might work better for him because he's not liking the training schedule that we picked out. So any suggestions, I would love them. Thank you. Love the show. All right. Um, ah, yes. And, uh, Dimity, I perhaps came as no surprise to you, although your husband Grant is, seems to me to be a training plan follower, but it didn't surprise me that Megan is sticking to a plan and her, and her man is not, um, are we gender stereotyping here? I am. Bit, I am gender stereotyping. <laughs> just, yes. just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Coach Dimity? Uh, I'm thinking uh, that the husband should be running three days a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, three days a week. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Let's just back up for one second just to keep mm-hmm. um, domestic disputes to a minimum in Megan's house. <laughs> so is it just not the training plan that he's in like, or is he not interested in running the half marathon? That's I would zoom out and ask that first, because yeah. maybe I don't want, you know, sometimes, especially because you guys live together and do a lot of other things together, you know, I don't want um, Megan to become resentful that she has to like coax him to run or, Mm -hmm. and, or vice versa. He gets mad that he's, you know, that she's like, why are you bugging me? I, you know, whatever. So yeah, 
I got the sense. I got the sense that they're both coming at it with the same the race with the same can do attitude. Okay. Um, okay. This this wasn't one person's idea or the other. They both yeah. Well, they used to, to run together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I got the sense that they both were coming back to this. It's just he's um you know chafing at the idea of doing training. Okay. Well, so um well so the good news is is again gender stereotyping. If anybody can skip the training <laughs> or minimize the training. It tends to be men over women. Yes. Not fair, but the truth. Um, so yeah, I think three days a week is okay. I mean, I would, you know, I know um, in these notes there, you kind of said to do like one easy conversational pace, one that's like more of a tempo kind of threshold, mm-hmm. and then um, one that is a longer run. And I think that tempo threshold run, I mean, depending upon what the goals are of the work, of the race, I guess I would, I, I would scale back again, maybe, okay, you are both in for 13.1. And now what's our goal together? Are we going to run it together? Are we yeah. going to, and if we are going to run together, is our goal to finish, to have a good time? Is Megan gunning for a time? Um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, so for him, if he just wants to run three days a week, I would say do, you know, one run that's in the four to, I would do two easy runs in the four to six mile range or three to five and then build up to four to six. Mm-hmm. And then I would add a, add a mile on in your long run every weekend, starting where you are. Um, so if he's, if he can run six miles right now, then I would go seven, eight, nine, ten, and just get as close as you can to 13 before mm-hmm. the race starts. I mean, that's as bare bones as it gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not do anything fancy. No, tempo no track intervals nothing like that because pretty much the goal is just to finish i mean if it is if it is yes i mean if you because i mean the the what you're talking about with this like one easier run one kind of tempo run and one longer run is like the run less run faster program Mm -hmm. and that's that is very viable i mean grant has done that program i've done that program once um it's just you know, if he wants to follow that training plan, it's just intense. And again, the way that I didn't hear her, so I don't know, but I mean, the way that I hear it is like, he's just kind of wants to go to show up and get it done. If he wants to go for a certain time, then Mm -hmm. I would say, grab the run less run faster program, Um, grab that book from the library, or maybe you already have it and, and dial in your numbers and and see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's important, um, you know, people hear three workouts you don't want them all sandwiched together we don't want friday saturday sunday because the fitness gains the endurance all get built in the rest in between the workouts not so much during the work itself so you know you don't want to be a weekend warrior and just go out there and crush it hard friday saturday sunday and then lounge around for the you know rest of those days of the week yeah yeah for sure and also i mean that and what the reason why i said like two easy runs and then one longer run that's also going to easy pace is injuries like that's the thing is i something like the run less run faster program Mm -hmm. again it it can be very effective for people who have more bomb proof bodies and have a mentality to really go for paces and stick to paces um Mm -hmm. it is very very challenging to follow and it also i mean i definitely got injured while doing it so Mm -hmm. you know i think it's important to again kind of zoom out and say what is our biggest goal here and um and if it's the husband's goal is to just get through then i would just say keep it easy and go enjoy it and and get back on a get back to a running groove that's where i would start yeah yeah and i think it's important to have that conversation about race goals before you know, you're, you're pinning on your bib that I think they should both understand what they're going for, 
whether or not they're going to stick together in the race, particularly since Megan's been training, you know, Megan might have some, some bigger goals. Yes. And so, you know, you want to manage each other's expectations and not pull a, you know, Oh, wait a minute. Why'd you dust me at mile three? It's like, Oh, well we had agreed we'd run our own race. So, you know, and what does that mean? Yeah. 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 So it looks, I'm reading this question again. He's at four miles. So yeah, I mean, I would start there, start. So start with two, you know, three mile runs, easy three mile runs during the week, and then maybe five miles on the weekend mm-hmm. and go build up from there. Um, yeah. But yeah, build up slowly and easily and then just go have a good race day. That's what I would do. But yes, definitely talk about it. Talk about it now, even because, you know, the the gap between Megan's training and his training is pretty, it's, it's not quite the Grand Canyon yet, but it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It's significant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the final step to better running. Curex insoles are the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like a custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful I added Curex Run Sole insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet, knock on wood, I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. Once you become a believer in Run Run Pro insoles, you'll want to check out Curex's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for, you guessed it, hiking, Support Step for walkers, even Work Pro for on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us with code AMR15. All right. Well, Maya is curious about doing a, quote, very downhill race. Hi, this is Maya from Duluth, Minnesota. Um, I was calling because I was wanting some training advice. I'm going to be running a 10-mile race uh, this fall called Bridging the Gap, and the first half of the race is downhill, um, very downhill. <laughs> the second half of the race is flat. So I'm wondering if you have any specific tips for training um, so I don't trash my, my quads uh in the first half and then bonk out um any tips would be appreciated thanks so much bye so this question dim touched on a topic that came up recently with a podcast guest who lives in florida and this was a conversation she and i had kind of forget why it was either via text or email after the fact so it wasn't something people would have heard and um maybe it was just because she was she lives in florida and she was telling me that she was coming out here to do hood to coast the world famous you know the mother of all relays And she is runner number one. And if people know anything about Hood to Coast, it starts um, at the Timberline Lodge, which is at the base of Mount Hood, which is a um, 
glacier. It's a um, ski resort. So it's a hill, it's a mountain. And so it is, that first leg is notoriously steep downhill for several miles. And so I told the guests to train running downhill because, you know, it does such a number on the runner's quads. And she was like, oh, we don't have hills in Florida. I'm like, you know, and she's, she's like, oh, I guess I got to go, you know, to the parking garages. I'm like, go, go yeah, now, yes, yes. you know, do not pass go except <laughs> yeah. for go. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. I mean, those, those, uh, races, I mean, they're fun. They're fun because it's a different feeling, right. Especially just that nonstop downhill. But yeah, I mean, I did a race, um, Gosh, a long, long time ago, it was in Crested Butte. And uh, mm-hmm. what was the distance of it? It was something Shoot. weird, like 7.6 or it was something yeah, it unusual. Was, it was the, yeah, it was like, the, it, it was on, it's on July 4th and you start, it's the same thing. You start up, up the mountain and you run downhill for a lot of it. And, you know, for the first couple miles, you're like, whoa, this is fun. Look at my splits, you know, like I'm sub eight minute miles or whatever. And I never do that. Um, and you can keep that. Um, momentum going, but you kind of get a little, like your stomach feels a little jostled, Mm -hmm. you know, your quads kind of start to feel a little sore. You're just kind of a little out of sorts. Like, it's like, um, you know, it's like you're on a roller coaster ride that you want to get off, but it's still going to keep going. (laughs) It was, was, you wrote about it for a, um, a point two in run like a mother, right? It was run like a mother, not train like a mother. I think I can't remember. Yeah. And, uh, it was the best you, you said, um, here that you know mile one blah 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 mile two you know and then it was like um my stomach felt like a milkshake made of vomit uh, <laughs> i think it was a vomit co- a vomit flavored milkshake yeah, yeah. something like that yes yeah. was that those words it very yes, funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely a little rough so i mean the way to get ready for it is um really to spend some time running downhill. And I, I'm curious, Maya, what race it is in Minnesota. But I mean, I know and where you live in Minnesota obviously is going to matter if you do live there and you're not traveling to the race, but spend some time running downhill, like mm-hmm. downhill repeats instead of uphill repeats. And yeah. the way you do those are just, you know, kind of take your time getting up the hill. You know, you yeah. can either power hike up it or, you know, nice, easy pace getting up it. And then as you come down, kind of let your foot off the gas and kind of, you know, cause what, what is the biggest thing is that your joints, your knees, your hips, your ankles are all going to, they take the brunt of the, the gravity that that's pulling you down. And so you've got to be ready. Your joints have to kind of be ready for that and um, to minimize the, the hurt on race day, I guess. Yeah. And you have to learn how I am just terrible at going downhill. And it's partly because I sit so much in the back seat. You know, I kind of I lean back into the hill instead of leaning into it forward down it. And it just so I'm continually breaking the whole way down. And it just, it's not, it doesn't do my body any favors, but that said, I really feel that Maya should not be just letting gravity completely have its way with her, you know, that, that she shouldn't be running at a blistering pace because as she says in the um, voice memo that, you know, that first half is downhill and then it hits that flat and, and that, you know, as people from hood to coast have said, going back to that, leg one of it is you're just flying down and then you get to that flat and it's like, your legs are like so thick and heavy. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, Dim, you often talk about um, at a beginning of a race, keeping your ego in check, all those people, you know, all those rabbits that go out really fast and you're going to end up reeling them in. You know, I think I envision if if Maya runs a smart race, she's going to get passed by a lot of people who are just adrenaline and the downhill and the whole bit. 
and then they're just going to be in a pain cave for the second half of the race. Once they hit it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, you can practice that too. So make up a workout where you're going to go do, you know, five to 10 downhill, re- downhill repeats and then go run flat for two to three miles, right? Yeah. Like you need to practice what that feels like because you do, you feel like you have slowed, like you're all of a sudden running in tar when you're hitting yes, the flat. Yes, good analogy, we, yeah. we, we, that's happened to us actually, Sarah. Remember, um, what was the race that we did? Oh, Ogden. Ogden, yeah, yeah. Oh I my mean, gosh, running yeah. down that that long straightaway after that lovely downhill, and yeah. it was just like that. That finish line never got any closer to. Oh, me. the 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 <laughs> traffic lights. There was like seven traffic lights or something that we had to pass underneath. Like they were like a mile apart. I swear <laughs> to God, like it was just like there was just no getting to that finish line. But a lot of that was because we had been running downhill previously, yeah. and you lose that momentum. So. The more you can be physically and really mentally prepared to know. I mean, it's almost like, you know, going back to triathlon, it's like you get off the bike where you're just like spinning, spinning, worrying, I'm going fast. And then all of a sudden you're like transfer to your feet and you're like clunk, clunk. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I can't believe how slow I am. And the more that you practice that, you know, it's called doing a brick, the more that you get used to the feeling and know that, you know, you're in fact not doing anything wrong. You just have to make that transition. So yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And even um, consider having pe- someone give you a ride to a top of the hill. If you have a long downhill, you know, yes. have, you know, get dropped off at the top and then hopefully you go down that hill and then you hit those flats for a while and then you can get yourself home, hopefully. So if not, well, that's, that's the great thing about Lyft or Uber, you know, it's right there on your phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah, need yeah. to get yourself home. Card. That's on you, Maya. We'll tell you how to train for it. But you know, if you're 45 <laughs> miles from home, well, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here's Molly wondering about timing of foam rolling and stretching. Hi, this is Molly calling from Oswego, New York. And my question is about foam rolling and stretching. Does it matter the order in which you do those two things? Should you stretch first, foam roll first? I'm just curious. I love your show. I've been listening almost from the beginning. And thanks for taking my question. Bye. So first off, Molly, thanks for being a longtime loyal listener. We appreciate it. And um, second, I trust you listened to last week's episode of our Friday podcast as it was all about recovery, including foam rolling and stretching. So that episode aired on August 20, 2021. If you happen to be listening to this in a much later date. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the timing of the foam rolling and stretching, I mean, the biggest thing is that you do it, right? And that you mm-hmm. do it consistently, right? Right yeah. now we have a Love the Run You're With program going mm-hmm. on and um, to add a little uh, in emphasis on doing the the running and the I mean I'm sorry the stretching and the recovery like foam rolling um there's a streak going on five minutes we're asking for five minutes a day that could be um strength training that could be stretching that could be foam rolling and it's not necessarily like that's going to be the equivalent of like an hour body massage but it's more (laughs) like getting in the um habit of doing it right Mm -hmm. because what I think most of us tend to do is say Oh, if I don't have the entire episode to foam roll, you know, I'm usually used to, I used to do it in front of um, late night with, or John, what was John Stewart's program called? Oh my God. Oh, no clue. Uh, I'm asleep by then. I don't know. The Daily, oh, Daily Show. The Daily, the Daily show. show. Thank, Thank you, you Alex. Alex. 
<laughs> I got to say, I read somewhere, someone said, um, the question I ask myself every day these days is, is it COVID or is it perimenopause? Like, why am I losing my mind? I think it's kind of a little of both. So thank God we have a young, young strapping male around to help us with the Daily Show. So it used to be that I, you know, if I couldn't foam roll for all of the Daily Show, it wasn't worth it. Wow. If I didn't hit everything wow. from my calves all the way up to my neck. I mean, that's a little dramatic, but really that's what I tried to do, right? And so if you don't, and, if I didn't and, have that chunk of time. And let there? the record show you were doing, probably watching it on YouTube or something. You were not staying up until 1130 at night. Oh gosh, no, I was watching right. a replay on, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and when he was on the Comedy Central. I mean, I think it was on at like 8 or 830. It wasn't, Oh, okay. you thinking of like David Letterman late night. Yeah, yeah. or Jimmy Fallon or yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah, Kimmel, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone in this century, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, David when Lord. I was watching Johnny Carson, man, if I couldn't foam roll for all of it. Jack Parr, Jack Parr. Yeah. Throwing it back. Um, anyway, long story short is, that, so we want, you just want to try it for a little bit. So, you know, honestly, people think that foam rolling is is really done best post-run, but it's also, mm-hmm. Sarah, you talk about it, you do it a lot pre-run, right? I do, I do it as often as I can. And this weekend went away with the family and didn't pack the foam roller because our um, SUV was quite packed and boy, I was really missing that thing. Were it, you? Wow. You, t- you could tell a difference. Oh yeah. Well, also maybe it was the driving four hours each way that made my lower back hurt or, you know, yeah. the tennis we played while we were there or something. But, um, yeah, I, I was pleased to get on it this morning before going to my strength class. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so yeah. it's a good way to warm up. Um, so, you know, getting your calves, getting your quads, getting your glutes, because it gets your whole body involved, right? Because you got to lift yourself up with your arms, and then it warms up and touches the muscles that you're going to use mm-hmm. when you are um, when you're running. So that's one thing you can do. Stretching. There are two things. Sarah, you want to talk a little bit about um, dynamic stretches? Yes. So we are not going to go. You know. So we've ta- mentioned Jack Parr. Let's also mention Jack Lalane. We do not want to <laughs> go all static stretching on us. Um, that you know your stretching should be dynamic, which means gently moving stretches. So it's, you know, hugging your knees to your chest. It's, um, you know, pulling, reaching back and grabbing your foot as you kick your leg back so that you pull your foot towards your butt and get that um, stretch along the front of your quads. It is kind of walking, you know, putting your heels together and then reaching down toward the ground and springing back up and then putting your toes together and reaching down and, you know, walking a block that way or something and making your neighbor stare at you like mine do. Um, So really bringing blood flow, getting a little oxygen, extra oxygen in in because you're moving. And um, so it really helps in getting warmed up. Or for me, it's critical that I do those after running because it just makes me that much more comfortable for the rest of the day and my next workout. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do, you know, more of the static stretching, but you need to be very warm. Like if and Sarah likes to do the dynamic stretching after you can do static stretching after, but you have to do it on warm muscles. So mm-hmm. you can either pick but the dynamic, I think is actually a lot better as far as um, getting things like either warmed up or cooled down. And also just, again, going through the ranges of motion and helping with mobility as well as mm-hmm. not just flexibility. Oh. So. Well, that's also the thing is that, you know, that first time I lean down and try to touch my toes, you know, the ground is, you know, so far away from my fingers. But then after a couple, you know, 
in, in, out, in, out. I'm like, oh, look, I can touch the ground now. There you so, go. So I know, you gain it's it. progress. Yeah. It feels yeah. good, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. it does, yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. So, so I think we answered your question, but just to summarize, Molly, they work on either side of a run, stretching, um, dynamic stretching, and foam rolling work on either side of the run. Really, we're looking for consistency. So if mm-hmm. you can set a timer for five to 10 minutes and do those most days of the week, your body is going to thank you. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, we are very much in need of questions, please. Um, uh, so that number to call day or night, no one hears it ring. You just leave a message. There's no one to talk to there. Um, is 470-BADASS-1, which translates into 470-223-2771. Again, that's 470-BADASS-1. Please say your first name, where you're calling from, keep the message to a minute or less, and we don't edit questions. So if you call and lose your train of thought or your dog barks or something, you get cut off, just hang up and call back as if you are calling fresh. Don't say like, oh yeah, I got cut off. Just boom, um, press the reset button and start all over again, please. There you go. Um, And we have the Become series starting again in our training programs. Um, Become a runner, become a trail runner, or become a cyclist. They are eight-week programs where you get all the tools, tips, expertise, coaching that you need in order to make that preferred (laughs) kind of locomotion. (laughs) I'm like, what is that venue of transportation? I don't know. Um, Go, you know, uh, make it a habit, right? So the eight week programs have everything you need to become a consistent runner, trail runner, or cyclist. Plus you get a sweet, sweet swag bag with the the cutest t-shirt, which I mean, it's not reason alone to sign up for the program, but it's a pretty compelling reason. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It says cyclist period, runner period, trail runner period, depending on which one you go for. So head over to anothermotherrunner.com, look under training programs, and it's the beginner series. That's what we have those three programs listed under is the beginner series. Nice, nice. And keep your questions coming. We're here with answers as long as we're not in the water swimming. Yeah. Really fast, even though you don't want to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. 